0: Decided this morning to, um, since we are celebrating baptism, to focus the sermon on baptism. Um, since we have so much going on, it'll be a shorter sermon. I want to look at uh, Romans 6, verses 1 to 11. Obviously, I won't fully exegete these, this text, but my... my. Um, my desire is to, to highlight this text and a few things about this text and to help us see that what's going to happen later today is as much about us as it is about the people going in the water. So how do we benefit from baptism even if we're not the ones being baptized? So looking at that and uh, seeing how Paul applies the baptism as he's turning his attention to sanctification. But look in chapter 6. We will be going through the book of Romans, and so at that point we will do this more thoroughly. But I want to look here this morning for a brief time. Paul, in transitioning from his discussion of justification by faith alone to the doctrine of sanctification or growth in grace, he says this, bringing baptism to the fore in in chapter 6. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace may abound? By no means. By the way, that's the strongest possible negative in the Greek. Certainly not. A lot of different ways to say that. By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into His death? We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father in Christ Jesus, and he goes on to say, therefore, in this way, don't let sin reign over you. But thus far, God's word, let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for your truth. We thank you for the beauty and the benefit of baptism. We thank you for those who are being baptized, who have come to faith. We thank you for those, the rest of us, who have come to faith and, and who know you and are, you are growing us in grace. Uh, we pray for your blessing. On this time as we think about baptism and look into your word and, and as we celebrate baptism together, um, we just cast ourselves on you and trust in you and thank you for the work you're doing in each of our hearts. We thank you for the work that you're doing in our midst and uh, for what you will do as we go forward. So we praise and thank you this morning. We, uh, we are uh, blessed beyond measure to be here, to be here in Christ to have your word. So may your spirit bless the preaching of the word. Help me to preach it in the power of the spirit. And may your spirit bless the hearing of your word. Help us to hear it as the word of God in the power of the spirit and be shaped by it. We give you praise and thanks in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Go Bucks. Go Pack Go. Go Dogs. Maybe one of the most famous. Roll Tide. Why do people say these things? You might say, what in the world does this have to do with baptism? (laughs) Nothing. No, I'm teasing. (laughs) People say these things because they are fans. You know what that's short for? Fanatics. Fanatics, right, yeah. They are fans of a certain team. They identify with that team. In some ways, their allegiance shapes their lives. It shapes what they wear. And what they say, and when their team wins, there's happiness and exuberance and and joy, even jumping up and down and screaming. Some of the guys that'll say they're not emotional men, you watch them watch the Super Bowl and their team win. Yeah. Little bit of joy. Some part of their identity comes from their team. They benefit from a win, and if it's a big win, they mark it. They remember it. They bring it back up. They celebrate it, rewatch it, talk about it, renewing their joy and devotion in the victory of their team. Their team loses. Well, you always have wait till next year, right? But See, we, we're part of a much bigger team, and I hesitate to even call it a team, but a much bigger group of people we're part, uh, we have a win that is much bigger to celebrate this morning. We're celebrating, we're part of the church. We're part of the people of God. We're part of Jesus' flock, Jesus' people, those He came to save. And the victory this morning that we celebrate is His cross and His resurrection. Defeating all of his enemies for all times. And if we are on his team, which means if we have faith in Jesus, if we identify with him, if we are in union with him, that victory is ours as well. He has defeated all his and our enemies and is delivering us from the same. But this morning we are doing one of the two things that jesus left and commanded us to do he left two major means of remembering him and benefiting from his victory on our behalf and we call them sacraments or if you prefer ordinances but there are only two and it's the lord's supper and baptism and obviously today we have baptism but the lord's supper and baptism are called a means of grace what does that mean Well, it means that there are ways which we can regularly have our faith in His promises fortified and thus be strengthened in our faith. We grow by the celebration of the Lord's Supper and we grow by the celebration of baptism. Sometimes we're guilty of just looking on of baptism and just being happy for the person being baptized and yay, and that's all appropriate. But just like when we partake of the Lord's Supper, this is about the whole body. And so we need to remember our baptism when they're baptized. We need, as the old-timers, old Puritans would say, improve our baptism, growing grace as we see others baptized. Having our faith fortified and being strengthened in it. So the means of grace, uh, the major means of grace are prayer, the Word, and the sacraments. And by faith and the work of the Holy Spirit, these common elements, water here, bread and juice or wine there, Uh, work together. They work by the power of the Spirit to confirm our trust in Jesus and to strengthen our wills to flee from sin and rest in Christ alone. So it's 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 something through which God is working to both bring to faith and nurture and grow and strengthen that faith. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But Heidelberg Catechism, if you're not familiar with that, I know we've been working in Westminster. We may shift sometimes to Heidelberg. We may choose other questions. But number 65 says this. Since then, faith alone makes us share in Christ and all of His benefits. Where does this faith come from? Answer, from the Holy Spirit who works it in our hearts by the preaching of the gospel and strengthens it by the use of the sacraments. So every time we partake in the Lord's Supper, we, our faith our, should be being strengthened as we commune with Christ and feed by faith in our hearts on Him. And as we participate in baptism, those who are being baptized and those who are watching and affirming their baptism should be being grown in grace, being, having our faith strengthened through the use of this sacrament. So today we have the blessing, the privilege, Uh, The honor, the opportunity of participating in the baptism of four young people. It's exciting to have our young people coming to Christ. They're coming to profess their faith in Christ and to follow Him in baptism. And uh, my challenge to you, though, and I've already mentioned this, but my challenge to you uh, who know Christ is to see this as much about you as it is about them. To think about your own baptism, about your own faith in Christ, and be strengthened by who Christ is for you and what He's done for you and therefore who you are in Him. So we all grow in grace as we participate together and that's my challenge if you want to call it a main point. So as you witness baptism today, remember your baptism and look anew to Christ and His victory for you. Commune with Him and grow in your identity in Him and your devotion to Him. Grow in grace. And today I just wanted to highlight four things about baptism. Well, how are we to think about baptism? How are we to think about these people being dipped in this water? <coughs> to just just give you, give you four things. First, baptism is a picture. It's a picture or a symbol. A sign of a deeper, more spiritual reality. The water is water. The water doesn't wash away sin. The blood of Christ does. The water portrays the blood of Christ that washes us clean of sin, and so we'll see what happens. You know what we're portraying when we when we uh, dip them, but um, a picture of Christ's victory for us as well. When someone comes into the water, I don't believe immersion is the only mode. I do think it's the best one to portray this. But what we're portraying is Christ's death, burial and resurrection, and our union with Him in that. It's what we're portraying when we are baptized. Christ Jesus has fully accomplished our redemption through His life and His death, His burial, His resurrection. Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 15 after talking about this is the gospel by which you are saved and which you stand unless you believed in vain and fall away. But he said this is the most important thing. This is of first importance. He says in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 and 4, For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that He was buried, and that He was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures. So it is a picture of Christ, a sign, a symbol of His dying and being raised and our being cleansed from our sins. So secondly, it's a picture of our union with Christ. Through faith, We come to faith in Christ through the preaching or sharing through the gospel. The Spirit gives us life so that we then turn and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and we are united to Christ and justified on the basis of Christ. We are adopted into God's family and we are being sanctified then and grown in that faith. So it's a, it's a picture of Christ's victory and then our union with Him. It's a picture of our union with Him through faith. So coming to faith in Jesus by God's grace and the Spirit's work, we are united to Him and in a very real way. Now, see, this is, this is the kind of stuff we don't really ponder and think about enough. In a very real way, being in union with Him, His death and resurrection was our death and resurrection. His death was our death. His resurrection was our resurrection. When He died and when He was raised to, from the grave, we were raised to new life in Him. You saw that in Romans as I read it. Um, in verse 3, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ, that, that uh, the, what's this, what this water, one of the things it's picturing is the Spirit baptizing us into the body of Christ. And we come to faith in Him. So it's portrayed by the water. That's in 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen, I believe. Uh, But uh, our coming to faith in Him, we're baptized into Him. And that's what baptism pictures for us. So we were baptized into His death, it says in verse 3. We were buried, therefore, with Him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too might be raised from the dead. What does that mean? We might walk in newness of life. For if we've been united with Him, that's verse 5. See, it's union. Baptism, baptizo, just transliterated into English, probably could be more helpful. But united is, is the picture here. We've been united with Him in a death like His. We shall certainly be united with Him in a resurrection like His. Our, look at verse 6. Our old self was crucified. Think about that. The old man, the old me was crucified with Him. A new creation, new person in Christ. Still have to deal with, With remaining sin, there's still those habit patterns left that have to be sanctified. But we are a new creation in Christ. We've been raised with Him. So one of the things that baptism is is a visible proclamation of the gospel. Christ's death, burial, and resurrection on our behalf. It's the good news of that. And it's also our good news that we died and have been raised with Him. So that's what it pictures. It's also, too, a promise or a seal. Who's making the promise? Is it us? No, it's God making a promise as as we see baptism. God the Father speaks through baptism and promises to cleanse everyone who trusts in Jesus, His Son, from their sins. So just as the water would wash dirt off the flesh, the blood of Christ, which is pictured by the water, cleanses our record before God from all of our sin. Is that automatic? Has that happened to everyone here just because they're in a Christian family or in a church or doing good things? Mm -mm. How do we partake of Christ? How do we come to faith in Christ? How do we embrace the reality that baptism portrays? The Word says that Christ died for our sins. He died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That He was buried and that He was raised the third day according to the Scriptures. And Paul, in that context, tells us that we, we partake of that salvation that He has purchased through faith, through trusting in Him, through receiving Him, resting our hope in Him, counting on Him and Him alone for our salvation. Your works only count to condemn you as far as before you come to Christ. We, we, we contribute to our salvation the sin that made it necessary, All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. I'm just quoting scripture, right? Christ's perfect life for the glory of the Father on behalf of His people is credited to us when we, by God's grace, turn, repent, and trust in Jesus, being united to Him, cleansed from sin, and filled with His Spirit and going on in life in Him. What must I do to be saved, Paul was asked, and What did he say? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. In other words, trust not just mental ascent, but trust. Trusting in him. The devil believes who Jesus is. He knows very well who Jesus is. He's not trusting him for anything. So to believe in him is to trust in him, to count on him, to rest in him. Rest our soul in him and his work on our behalf. Life, death, burial, and resurrection. And so this morning, are you resting your soul in Jesus? Are you trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone? Are you saying, I do my best and he does the rest? Well, that won't work. That won't work. Faith alone. In Christ alone. To the glory of God, the Father alone. Revealed in Scripture alone. Are you trusting in Christ this morning? Are you counting on your works to make you acceptable to God? Or are you trusting in Christ? The way of salvation is receiving Christ as a free gift. It's trusting in Him and Him alone for salvation. And the ones you'll see come forward and be baptized today, that is their profession. That God has been at work in their hearts to reveal their need of a Savior. They have been convicted of their sin and turned to Jesus in some form. We're only looking for childlike faith in children. But they're trusting in Christ and in Christ alone. So that's why they will be baptized. So the first thing you can ask yourself as you see them baptized is, am I trusting in Jesus and Jesus alone? And that is my question for you this morning. Are you trusting in Jesus? In baptism, we see God's promise of cleansing from sin for all who will trust in Jesus alone. His death, His burial, His resurrection. Hope in Him. Baptism is also a profession, quickly. The people coming forth to be baptized are professing their faith. They are saying publicly for all to hear and see, I am trusting Christ. Christ is my Savior. Hold me accountable to that. That's why the whole church is a witness. We all need that. But by coming forward from baptism, they're saying that they're now trusting Christ and Christ alone for salvation, and they're confessing Him before Him before us. Let me ask you a question. Have you been baptized? Have you come to faith in Jesus? Thank you. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Have you been baptized? The water doesn't save us. Christ does, but it pictures and it's in obedience to his command that we are baptized. So think about that. But these will be making a profession of faith. How about you? And the last time, the last thing I wanted to point out to you is that baptism is a purifier. It is a purifier. What do you mean by that, Jeff? It's just me trying to keep P's. You See, there, everything else was a pea. Baptism is a, it's a, it's a picture, it's a promise, it's a profession, and now it's a purifier. All I'm saying is it's a, mean of, it's a means of grace, where I started. This is a means of grace for all of us, not just for those being baptized. Is for us to remember, not just remember us being dipped in the water, but to remember why we were baptized or however that happened. It's because of the Lord Jesus Christ and His grace. So we improve our baptism by by being strengthened as we watch others be baptized, by remembering our baptism and letting that be a refreshing for us so that our faith is strengthened by it and we walk more closely and more faithfully with Christ as a result of being here. So it, it's for you as well as those being baptized. Notice in, in Romans, when Paul turns his attention from justification to sanctification, he starts talking about baptism. He doesn't say the water cleansed anybody from sin. See, that's the mistake. Sometimes some, some places will think that there's justifying grace in being baptized, that it removes original sin. that it, The water doesn't do anything but proclaim Christ and picture Our cleansing. It's still water. But it's a means of grace. And Paul turns our attention to baptism through water baptism to the baptism of the Spirit uniting us with Christ so that we are one with Him. And then His death, burial, resurrection is our death, burial, and resurrection. It's a means of grace. And that's how he uses it. As a basis for a call to growth in purity. Since Christ lived and died and was buried and was raised from the grave. And since you, believer, are united to this Christ who lived and died and was buried and was raised from the grave for you. Refresh that. Remember that. Improve your life lining up with that. By crying out to God and saying, God, cleanse me and empower me and grow me. In grace. Making it more and more a reality. You remember our, our pre, one of our previous memory verses was Galatians 2.20? It was a confession of this very thing. I have been crucified with Christ, Paul says. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me. And gave himself for me. See union with Christ being portrayed here. And as we see this, it points us through this to Christ just like the Lord's Supper. So that we remember him and the sacrifice he's made for us. We remember the fact that now we are one with him. In his salvation. And his love for us. And the truth of the reality of who we are in him should change us. Should change. Gross. One of the most productive things you can do as a believer is search the Scriptures and look for all of the ways that, that uh, the Scripture describes your identity in Christ as forgiven, cleansed, justified, child of God, one with Him. You know, On and on you can go, and it will refresh you and renew you. But if you are trusting in Christ, His crucifixion was yours. His death was yours. His burial was yours. His resurrection was yours and you are his believe it trust in him and grow in grace as we see baptism today just a couple of points of application as you are baptized today young people as you are baptized today in this point I'm talking to you believe that you are crucified with Christ that your old self was crucified with him, that your sin is paid for, that it is gone, that sin's reign over you has been broken. That's what, when Paul says set free from sin in chapter 6, he's talking about it's reign over you being broken. Listen to me. If you're trusting in Christ and Christ alone, you are forgiven for everything, cleansed from every sin. The kids don't worry themselves as much about that as we do, but a lot of times adults continue carrying some things around. I know he's forgiven me for most everything, but he couldn't have forgiven me for this. (coughs) If you're forgiven, you're forgiven for everything. Enter into that reality. Those of you who watch it believe the same thing, that you were crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20. And two, believe that you were raised with Him to new life. You are a new creature with new power and new purpose, and it is the glory of God in Christ Jesus. If you are saved, if you are delivered, Southerners, we like to talk about getting saved. As long as we understand what we mean by that, we're talking about justification usually, coming to faith in Jesus. But if you are converted, if you are trusting in Jesus... You are not only died with Him, but you were raised with Him. What does that mean? You were raised to new life. You were cleansed and and you are a new creation. You have a new power, the power of the Holy Spirit. You have a call to live for His glory and He will grow you step by step in that. Look back at verse 11 right quick in chapter 6. After rehearsing uh, our union with Christ and the implications of our union, that we died with Him and were raised with Him, we have a new life now. It says this in verse 11, and I say this to those being baptized and to the rest of us. To rightly apply the gospel, to rightly live in Christ, we must do this. Notice he says must. So, connecting with everything the previous, so you must consider yourselves two things. If you're trusting in Christ, you are dead to sin. You are dead to its rule, to its reign over you. And you are alive to God you are alive to God's reign in Christ. See, we have a lot of defeatist theology out there, if we're not careful, that doesn't own our identity. I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Well, no, you're not. You're not just an old sinner saved by grace. You are a sinner saved by grace if you're trusting in Christ, but there's something else that the Bible calls you. A saint. A saint. If you're trusting in Christ, you're a saint. What does that mean? You've come to, you're in union with Christ. You've been cleansed and forgiven for all of your sin. He, you are God's child now. See, it's not a special tier in the church where people have had to do miracles and all this such thing. Read Romans, read Ephesians, read th- In Christ Jesus, you are called saint. So yes, you are a sinner saved by grace who is now a saint, what the Bible calls a new creature with new ability. Not your own ability, his ability. To walk by faith and not by sight. To walk and grow in grace in Christ. Sin's dominion over you has been broken. You have a new ruler now. (laughs) It's Jesus. You are alive to God's rule and reign over you in Christ. And what will prove that in your life is not that you come to faith and now you're perfect. No. That would be great, wouldn't it? We come to faith and we're glorified and we go to heaven. Done with all this. You come to faith, and at that point, He begins growing you in grace. So what proves that you've come to faith in your life, that is, aside from His promises, is the fact that you are growing in grace. You're seeing growth in putting off sin and putting on righteousness and joyfully keeping God's commandments in thought, word, and deed. There will be growth in the one who's come to Christ. But the truth of the matter is sin's power has been, sin's reign has been broken. You're being delivered by its power. You have a new ruler, not the flesh, not sin, not Satan, but Christ. Look at Colossians 1, 13 and 14. He, Jesus, has delivered us from the domain of darkness, the Father, through His Son. He has delivered us from the domain or dominion or power or rule. He's delivered us from the rule of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of His beloved Son in whom we have redemption the forgiveness of sins through His blood, through His sacrifice. So if you've come to faith in Christ, you've, you've been removed from the kingdom of darkness. Read Ephesians 2, the first part, where we were following the prince of the power of the air, indulging the flesh, rebelling against God. You've been removed from the kingdom of darkness and transferred over into the kingdom of His beloved Son. If you've come to faith, you are God's child now. He is for you and not against you. He has given you his son he has given you his spirit he has given you his word and he will grow you in grace you are changed and empowered for new life being raised to new life in christ so you see you're part of a much bigger team than any other earthly sports team you're not a spectator christianity is not a spectator sport you are a participant you're on the field and it's a battlefield where there's a lot of struggle. And one of the greatest things we can remember when we're in the midst of that fight is that we're His children. And we have a good and loving Heavenly Father who has sacrificed His Son for us, sent His Spirit to reveal that to us and empowers us to hope in Him and to live a new life in Him. When He saves us, He gives us a new heart. A new heart that loves Him. A new heart that loves His Word. A new heart that wants to live for Him. We died with Christ. We were buried with Christ. And we've been raised with Him. So live according to who you are. Don't listen to the world, the flesh, and the devil. Live according to what God's Word tells you that you are. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus through and in union with the life, death, burial, and and resurrection of Christ. Back to our main point. I'll quit with this. So as you witness baptism today, remember your baptism. Look anew to Christ and His victory to, for you. Commune with Him and grow in your, both your identity in Him and your devotion to Him. Grow in His grace. If you're being baptized today and you're trusting in Christ and Christ alone, everything symbolized here is true of you. You have died with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. You have new life in Christ. You are God's child. And you are called to live a life that growingly glorifies Him. To live is Christ. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for those who will be baptized today. And I thank you for your work of grace in their life. Protect them. Protect them from the lure of the world, the flesh, and the devil, from everything that will seek to draw them away from Christ. I pray that they would grow and grow up strong and strong uh, soldiers of Christ. Grow up someday to raise kids to be soldiers of Christ. Thank you for your work of grace. We know we have confidence in you. That you don't begin a work and quit, but you finish the good work that you begin. So I thank you for these young folks who have come and said, I have put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and I want to be baptized. May their hope always be in you. Not in the ritual or the rite, not in the water or anything like that, but looking through that to you, Lord Jesus You who died for us, you who were buried and raised from the grave for us, you who are reigning for us and returning again someday. Help them to believe all of the truth of your word, that their old person is dead, has been crucified, and they are new persons in Christ. And those of us who look on, help us to remember that. Help us to remember our union with you, Lord Jesus, in your death, burial, and resurrection. And may it fuel and fire our devotion to you as we seek to, by your grace and according to your word, rightly understand the term, as we seek to improve our baptism, as we seek to grow in grace, to be more devoted to you. So meet with us powerfully. Do a a, a mighty work as we participate and celebrate uh, baptism this morning. We look to you, we trust you, and we thank you. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. If you are being baptized, you and as many of your family that would like to come over here, uh, come on over to the water, to the warm water. (laughs) Yes, we love you. We have warmed the water and Mike's going to remove it now so that we don't put you through any sort of electrical shock (laughs) as you are baptized. 42. Right. In that case, we're going to step in there with them. If you're new to Grace Church, this is Mike DeAndrea, this is Sam Morris, this is Corey Riggs, elders, pastors of Grace Church. And um, we have examined these young folks and scared them half to death maybe, but um, we have faith in in their Savior. And we have faith in their profession of faith in our Savior. So that's why we will be baptizing them today. Cole has rushed to the front. So I'll I'll invite him to go first. Yeah, just step on over here. We'll go ahead and let you sit down. We're going to get you completely wet. All right, if you want to cross your arms, you can. But Cole, is it your testimony that you're that you are trusting in Christ and in Christ alone for your salvation. Yes. And based on that profession of faith, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. <laughs> yep. Leah? Next. Put your feet, yeah, in, put front your feet front in front of you, you so we don't break your legs. <laughs> <laughs> the glasses. There we go. All right. Okay. Ready? Is it your profession of faith that you are trusting in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation? On the basis of that profession, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sophie come in and sit down. There you go. All right, Sophie, is it your profession that you are trusting in Christ and in Christ alone for your salvation? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. Based on that profession, we baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Sit on your feet. Yes, on your back side. Yeah, there, you, there go. you go. We don't want to break a leg. <laughs> okay, is it your profession that you're trusting in Christ and Christ alone for your salvation? Yes. Okay. You want to hold your nose. Based on your profession, we baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. What a privilege and honor. To see young folks coming to Christ, and I just ask you as a church to pray for them, to encourage them, to walk with them, and help them grow in grace. Parents, we love you, we're, we're thankful for you, and uh, kids, you don't know what a blessing it is to be raised by godly Christian parents, so treasure that. We're going to give them time to go get dried off before we do the presentation of new members. And so we're going to sing about three songs before before we do that. But uh, thank you for being here today. If you have any questions about baptism, about the gospel, about salvation, about anything you've heard, please let us know. Because we'd love to minister Christ to you. We'd love to have your hope be solely and completely in Him so that you can rest in His grace and walk through the trials of this life in confidence and hope. So thank you for being here. Let's let's sing together. And I don't know why I'm coming up here. I'm not going to lead you